If you have your Bibles, you can open them to John chapter 7. John chapter 7. I'd like to read in verse 37. Are you hungry? I, I just wonder if you're hungry this morning. Pastor Melba told me some of you were here at 6 a.m. I said, they're hungry. Are you hungry? I wonder if you're hungry. I want to be hungry, Lord. I, I, I'm, I'm thirsting. Anybody here thirsty this morning? Do you want more of him? John chapter 7, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out. Somebody say he cried. He cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Would you just pray with me? Father, we are thirsty. Lord, I'm thirsty. And Father, I thank you for those springs of living water that you promise that will bubble up and overflow. And Lord, I am aware that it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by your Spirit. And so, Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would just hover over this place. I pray, Father, that there would just be a tangible sense of your presence here. I thank you, Lord, that your word says that you won't leave us, that you won't forsake us, that you'll never, ever relax your hold on us. And so, Father, I thank you that, that your word says that even when I am faithless, you are faithful because you can't deny yourself. Father, we are hungry for more of you. I pray that you would pour out your spirit in this place on a dry and thirsty land. Father, that you would refresh hearts, that you would, that, that you would just saturate us, Lord, afresh and anew with your sweet Holy Spirit. I pray for, for your fire to fall and, and your rain. Lord, I pray for rain. Lord, let it rain in this place. Lord, we are thirsty. Lord, I pray that this message would not be with wise or persuasive words. Father, I'm asking that it be a demonstration of your Holy Spirit's power, that you would help me to clearly and effectively minister your word, Father, so that a great number would believe. Lord, I pray for insight. I pray for wisdom. I pray for a divine download from heaven. But, Lord, I'm asking that I would say only what the Father tells me to say. Lord, that you'd put a lock over my lips. And, Lord, that your word would go forth in this place and prosper for the very thing that you sent it to do. You deserve the glory. Be glorified, my King, I pray in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. He says, if any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Oh, can I tell you that Jeremiah says, my people have, have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the river, the fountain of living water. You have forsaken me, he says. My people have forsaken me. They've forgotten that I'm the source. They've forgotten that I am the one that can refresh. They've forgotten that I am the only thing they have need of. I'm the great I am. What do you have need of this morning? Are you thirsty? I wonder. Come on, is anybody over here thirsty? Are you thirsty? I wonder if you're thirsty because he says, if any man thirsts, let him come to him. Oh, we look 
to every other source to satisfy that thirst, to quench our thirst. But I wonder if you're going to him. He says, come to me. There's only, the, the, he says, if you're thirsty, the, the prerequisite is that you have to be thirsty and that you have to come. But he says, when you do, rivers, somebody say rivers. Rivers of living water will flow. I wonder if there's anybody thirsty here tonight. Are you thirsty? He says, my people have forsaken, have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and they've built for themselves cisterns, broken. Somebody say broken. They're broken. Broken, broken cisterns that can't hold water. We look for the things that can satisfy in all the wrong places. They're cisterns that can't hold water. They're broken. They were never meant to hold water. Do you know that cisterns in Bible times, that they, they, they would catch the rainwater and, and they, were their, they were a source of water, but it was stagnant water. It was often contaminated water. There was also wells. You could have a well that would have lots of water, but eventually it could dry up. But he says, I'm a river. You see, rivers are moving water. They're living water. They're waters that never run dry. He says, my source, my source will never run dry. It'll never run dry. You see, empowerment. Let's talk about empowerment. There is no other source of empowerment. He says, you got to come to me, to me and drink. Oh, are you thirsty? I wonder if there are any thirsty women here this morning. Are you thirsty? Some of you are thirsty for recognition. You're thirsty for approval. You're thirsty for honor. You're thirsty for love. You're thirsty for acceptance. You're thirsty for success. You're thirsty for money. You're thirsty, huh? You're thirsty to be younger. You're thirsty to be thinner. You're thirsty for a bigger house, a nicer car, a big old honking diamond ring. But I wonder if anybody's thirsty for the source. Praise you, Lord. You got to come to him and drink. Those other sources, they're broken cisterns. They can't hold water. They're stagnant. They're contaminated. If you look for what you need in anything other than him, you will not be satisfied. No man can ever love you enough. I got the best, and he still doesn't do it for me. No child will ever fulfill you enough. I have seven. It's a perfect number, and they still don't do it for me. You'll never be thin enough. I don't know a whole lot about that. You'll never be young enough. Lancome doesn't do it anymore. Trust me. When you finally get that bigger house that you want, you're just going to want somebody to clean it for you. Look at what the scripture says. It says on the last day of the feast. So do you know the feast that he's talking about there? It's the feast of tabernacles. It's, it's the feast of booths. Some of you know it as the feast of booths. And, and, and you see, this is important. It's important that you know why Jesus was there that day. He was in Jerusalem because there were feasts. Leslie, can you get me some water? There, there were some feasts that, that were required, that as a Jew you were required to be there. Thank you, precious one. Tell me your name again. Oh, it's, you're not 
Patient. <clears throat> there were three feasts that were required. Jews were required to go to Jerusalem. And so there would have been a lot of people there at that time. And if you read this passage just prior in the chapter, you'll find that they, they were wanting to kill Jesus. It was, he was not popular at that time. And, oh, aren't you so glad he didn't? He wasn't seeking the approval of man. You see, some of you, you are seeking the approval of man. And you will always run the other direction. You will always keep back what God wants you to say if you're seeking the approval of man instead of, instead of the approval of God. And he was there that day because it was the Feast of Tabernacles. And the Feast of Tabernacles, they celebrate it. The wanderness, the, the, wilder, the wilderness wandering and, and how the Israelites wandered through the wilderness for 40 years and, and they had to dwell in tents or tabernacles. Are you with me? And, and, and they, they lived in tents or booths. And, and that word, the, 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 the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booth, it was to celebrate that wilderness wandering. And, and they would dwell in these booths for seven days and, and they would tell their children how faithful. Oh, do you know that God is faithful? They would tell them how faithful God was and, and how he provided for them and how he took care of them. And, oh, can I tell you, that's my God. And, and they would recount that to their children. And, and then they would tell them about how God provided water out of a rock. How many of you remember the story where, where God says to Moses, speak to the rock and the water, the water will flow from it. Are you, are you with me? Because she, you, when you get thirsty enough, they were thirsty. We don't know much about water here because it flows so freely here. We have it whenever. I just got a bottle from Geronda. I'm telling you, we don't know much about water. But in the desert, oh, you get thirsty. Anybody with me? And water was, 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 was a scarcity. And then so water was important to them. And, and the fact that they could thirst and that God would supernaturally provide for them. Oh, he says to Moses, speak to the rock and, and water will flow. And so they're telling their children this story and they recount it. Sometimes I think we go through rituals. Are you with me? And these feasts, I, I think sometimes just became a religious ritual. I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in religious rituals. I'm I'm not interested in it. They were going through the motions. They were going through it day after day after day. They were going through this motion, and it was in that place that Jesus stood up and cried out. Sometimes we talk about what happened yesterday. Oh, can I tell you about when God brought water from a rock? Can I tell you that same God is at work today? And sometimes we get so busy talking about what happened yesterday that we forget what he wants to do today. Somebody say, it's today. Today is the day of salvation. So the Feast of Tabernacles, and they would come, and they would build these booths, and they would live in these booths for the seven days. And, oh, it's my favorite story. You see, what would happen is, uh, it's in Leviticus where God instructed them to build these booths. And, and then what would happen is the priests, oh, Oh, I just got to do it. Lord, I got to go back and just tell you this. Do you know that in the wilderness, 
I believe that God wanted to dwell with the people, not, not in this tent tabernacle where only the priest could see his glory. I think we have a God who wanted us to live in his glory. He wanted us to live in that place. But I'm telling you, one commentator I read said that the golden calf, what was to the Israelites, what, what, what the forbidden fruit was to Adam. You see, I believe that when the, when the Israelites were in the wilderness, Lord help me, I believe that God wanted his initial plan was to dwell in the tent, his glory to be in the tent with every one of his people. I believe that was his will. I love, can I just tell you that I love that our God didn't, didn't say build me a shrine, build me a beautiful temple to, for my glory. I love that he was with his people in the wilderness. Can I tell you, he's with you in the wilderness. He's with you in the wilderness. He doesn't want his glory, thank the Lord, to be confined to a shrine. Because let me tell you, this one is no shrine right here, but his glory. His glory tabernacles in me. Can I just tell you that? And I believe that he wanted to dwell with his people. And, uh, uh, but then Moses is up talking to, to God on the mountain. And the, people, and the word says... That while he was up there, the people were down below and they had forgotten about him and they were growing weary of waiting for him. See, some of you are growing weary of waiting. You're, you're growing weary. Lord, I'm believing you for this. I'm asking you to do this. I'm believing you're able, but you're growing weary. Can I tell you, don't you build a golden calf. Don't you build a golden calf. And they grew weary of waiting. And so they began to build a golden calf, and God saw it, and, and you know the story. He, he gets angry, and Moses intercedes, and then 3,000 people are killed. But it's because prior to that, if you, if you read the passage, Lord, help me, the, the word says that, that Moses said, who is with God? Who's with God here? And who came? The Levites came. With Moses. You see, I believe that God intended to have his glory dwell with each one of those Israelites in their individual tent. But when he took a stand and only the Israelites came, I believe he said, You will be my priest. You'll be the one that sees my glory. You'll be at the 3,000 died. 3,000 of the firstborn died at that point. Now I want you to look at the scripture. If you have your Bibles, turn over to Numbers 3, chapter 3, verse 11. And the Lord spoke to Moses. This is after the Levites took a stand. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Behold, I have taken the Levites from among the people of Israel instead of every firstborn who opens the womb among the people of Israel. I believe that that's telling us that it was his will to dwell with each one of them in their individual tents. But because of that calf, the golden calf was to the Israelites what the forbidden fruit was to Adam. I believe that his glory, then he said, well, the, Israel, the, the Levites will be my priests and they'll minister in my glory. And so you know the story. It was the, it was the priest that got to see the glory of God. But the Bible says, let's fast forward to 1 Peter 2 where he says, you now, you and I, we are a royal priesthood. We are a chosen nation. We are a people belonging to God. We can see his glory. Anybody want to see his glory? Do you want to see his glory? 
And so let's go back to the Feast of Tabernacles now. And the priests, they, seven days, they would do the same ritual. And they would take a golden pitcher and, and they would make the trek from the temple down to the Pool of Siloam. Oh, the Pool of Siloam, that word Siloam means scent. Don't forget that. They would go down to the Pool of Siloam and they would take up water remembering how God provided for them and gave them water in the wilderness. And, and, and they would take this pitcher of water and they would make this big parade and procession and, and they would be singing and playing musical instruments and they would, they would be reciting psalms and it was a glorious time and it was just a wonderful time in his presence and they would they would walk back up to the temple in this parade and the priest would take this golden pitcher and he would pour out the water on the altar. And they would, they would quote the scripture about bringing joy from they would, the wells of salvation. And they would watch him pour out that water and they would celebrate what God did. Day after day for seven days. And then on the, on the last day, the final day of the feast, they would do something a little different. They would still go down to the Pool of Siloam. They would still take that golden pitcher. But this time, they didn't fill it with water. And when they went back to the temple, they would, they would play all this music and they would be so excited. And then the priest would lift that golden pitcher and go to pour. And what would happen? There would be no water in it. And it was at that point, emptiness that Jesus stood up. You see, rabbis sat to teach. They sat and they just talked, but Jesus stood and the word says he shouted. He was trying to get their attention. He wanted to make a point loud and clear. He stood up and he shouted and he said, if any man is thirsty, are you tired of being empty? Are you tired of being parched? Are you tired of being dry? Because in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water, he wants to pour out his spirit. And if you want to be empowered, if you want to see lives be changed, you see, you've got to you got to drink. You got to drink. He says, are you tired of being empty? I wonder if you're tired of being empty. If you're tired of looking for that, that thirst to be quenched in all the wrong places. Are you tired? If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. That word thirst is very interesting there. I want to read it to you in the original language and tell you what it means. He says, are you thirsty? It means, Lord, to suffer thirst, to be dry or thirsty. Here's what I love. It means to desire ardently to desire earnestly. I wonder if you really desire him earnestly or are you so busy with the things of this world and the lusts of this world that you're not drinking anymore, that you don't recognize him as your source. Can I tell you, I don't care how well you can preach. I don't care how, how, how much theology you, do, you have. I don't care if you've been to seminary. I don't care if you know the Bible inside, outside, and backwards. If you're not going to him and drinking, if you're not sitting in his presence, oh, I'm telling you, are you drinking? You can be neck deep in water and still die of thirst. You've got to drink. I can't watch Pastor Melva drink and get my thirst quenched. I have to drink. I wonder if you're thirsty. Are you thirsty? He said, if any man's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Are you drinking? 
Are you imbibing? Are you letting him be everything you need him to be? You're great I am. We do thank you, Lord. Jesus. Jesus. He says... They were remembering those wilderness wanderings where uh, God would, would be with him. Who knows that in the wilderness, God was with his people. We know that there was a fire by night and a cloud by day, and that was symbolic of his presence. He was saying to them, I've not abandoned him. You, you've turned away from me with that golden calf, but I will not abandon you. Can I tell you, he will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He will never relax his hold on you. He is not a God who will abandon you and walk away from you, but I'm telling you, he will wants you to come and drink. He, he says, be ye filled. It's a continuous filling. It's interesting that that word drink, it means it's not just a one-time drink. It's a present. It, it means to drink and keep drinking. It means to keep returning to that place. You can't just drink once and get that thirst, that thirst quenched. You got to keep drinking. Are you drinking? Are you drinking? The Bible says that we are the temple, the tabernacle of his Holy Spirit. He dwells within us. He dwells within us. The Bible says that, 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 that we are a chosen uh, people, a royal priesthood, his holy people, people belonging to God, so that we can proclaim what? Does anybody know that scripture? So that we can proclaim his excellencies. Do you know what his word, that word excellency means? It means his power. Oh, can I just tell you, the church, we need to see his power. There's, there's no wonder the pulpits are, are without power. You can preach a sermon and be without power. You can dot all your I's and cross all your T's and be without power. It's because you're not drinking. I love the word says that, that when the disciples would teach, they knew that they were unschooled, ordinary men. Can I tell you, I am unschooled and I am ordinary, but the Bible says that they knew that they had been with Jesus. It's the cry of my heart. Just know I've been with Jesus. That's all I want you to know is that I've been drinking. We are called to proclaim his excellencies, his power. I wonder if people see his power in your life. Do you know that you house the holy? Everywhere you go, you take him with you. It's a game for me, I'm telling you. I, I just love to change the atmosphere places I go. Take me someplace dark. I don't stay away from the dark. I want to go straight into the dark. Because I house the holy. We should be atmosphere changers, ladies. Everywhere we go, we should be proclaiming his excellencies, his power. Do people see his power in your life? Do you know that the same power that raised Christ from the dead, the Bible says, lives within us, lives within us. We take that power wherever we go. We should be proclaiming his excellencies, his power to a lost and dying world. I'm convinced that that's why people don't want our Jesus anymore. My mama used to say, Rhea, one of the church fathers said, preach Christ always when necessary, use words. My mama used to say to me, Rhea, I'd sooner see a sermon than hear one any day of the week. Are you preaching with your life? 
Are you preaching with your life? Do people see his power displayed in your life? Do you know that you're his hands reaching? When you reach, you reach with the very hands of God. I love the scripture that says, don't take the name of the Lord in vain. I used to think I love the brewers. Anybody besides me love my boys? <laughs> love my brewers. And I'm a, I'm a pastor's wife, and so we don't always get the good seats. And, and so there's, sometimes we go and sit in the, you know, the, the bleacher section. They take the name of the Lord in vain a lot in the bleacher section. Can I just tell you? I want to just turn around and say, do you know who I am? So when the Bible says, don't take the name of the Lord in vain, I used to think that's what it meant. And I, I think it does. But if you look that word up in the original language, you know what it means? It means don't take the name of the Lord. Don't make it void of power. The Lord said to me, Rhea, when you use my name, when you pray over somebody in my name, when you speak the name of Jesus, you expect that it is not void of power. Do you know the name of the Lord? We are called to proclaim his excellencies, his power. Tell me your name. Harold, can you stand up, Harold? Father, I thank you for Harold. He's a, he's a carrier of your power, Lord. This is a mighty man of God, Lord. Father, I pray that you'd stir, you'd stir, stir, stir the gifts of your spirit that, that dwell within him, Lord God. I pray that he begin to step in a power he's never stepped in before. I pray, Father, when he reaches, that he would know he's reaching with the very power of God. I thank you for you've redeemed, you've redeemed, you've redeemed his past. Lord God, his present makes sense. Lord, you're, you're igniting a fire within him. I pray for fire, Lord, fire. I thank you for this mighty man of God. Let him know he's a mighty man of God. He's not who he used to be, Lord God. You're tuning his ears to wisdom. Lord, you're going to download, you're going to download. You're going to give him dreams and visions, Lord God. I pray that his eyes would be open and he would see you like he's never seen you before. Oh, Lord God, set him ablaze. Thank you for this man. Thank you for this man, Lord God. Thank you that he's going to live in divine health. Divine health, Lord. Divine health. Free of fear. Free of worry. Knowing you as his provider. His bondage breaker. His deliverer. And this friend that sticks closer than a brother in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> Leslie, time. What time is it? Gloria Shoto. Lord, we praise you. We praise your holy name. We praise your holy name. We want power. But I wonder if we're drinking. He says, come to me. There is no other source. There's no other source. There's no other source. There's a scripture that talks about continually drinking. 
that word continual. You'll remember a story where Jesus was surrounded by a throng of people and the people were crowding around him and he says to his disciples, bring a boat and have it ready. Have it ready. Oh, can can I tell you, that word ready there, it means to have it waiting in my presence because I'm going to need it. I'm going to get in it. And can I tell you, when he says to wait continually for him, to wait and he'll pour out his spirit on on a dry and thirsty land where there is no water, those who wait upon the Lord. It's that picture of that boat. It's the same word. And he's saying, wait in my presence. Just wait in the upper room where, where he says to the disciples, you see, I love it. In John, I think it's uh, in John 20, 22, after Jesus has been resurrected from the dead, he goes to the disciples and, and he breathes into them and he says to receive the Holy Spirit. Who knows that when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you receive the Holy Spirit. He breathes new life into you. Oh, but can I tell you, that was not enough for those disciples. He says, now you wait, you wait, you tarry here because you need power from on high. Don't go anywhere. You see, some of you are trying to go someplace without power from on high. And I'm telling you, he says, wait. It's that boat waiting for the presence, just waiting in the presence. Lord, I'm going to wait in your presence. Kelsey, I needed you to sing me that song because I needed to wait in his presence. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I needed to wait. See, some of you aren't waiting. You're going out in the power of your own. And you will never change the world for him in your own power. He says you, his disciples, they walked with him. They were best buds with him. They saw what he did. They, they tasted of his power while they walked with him. But even to them, he says, you don't have what you need. Wait for power from on high. And so in the upper room, the word says that they met together continually in prayer. That's the word for the boat, waiting in his presence. Oh, but at just the right time, when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Somebody say, fully come. We're living in a time of fully coming. We're living in a time of where he's poured out his spirit. And I'm telling you, when, it, when, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, a rushing mighty wind came in and baptized them in the Holy Spirit and power all the disciples before and after. You got Peter, you know, Peter. But after, after that upper room, the word says that when they preached, the people's hearts were pierced, pierced. Do you not want to preach and pierce? Do you not want to have a conversation with a friend and pierce? Oh, I've, I've been studying about careless, idle words. Do you know what the word idle there means? Void of power. I am not going to let anything come from this mouth that's void of power. I don't have time for your gossip. If you want to talk about somebody, go to somebody else because there's not going to be anything idle come out of this mouth. The Bible says that we will have to give account on the day of judgment for every idle word that came out of our mouth. We've got to wait for power from on high. We're ministering in our own strength. We're loving in our own strength. See, that's why some of your marriages are in trouble, because you're loving in your own strength. We're counseling friends in our own strength. Are you waiting? Are you getting in his presence? My mom used to say, Rhea, get under the spout where the glory comes out. 
I want to be under the spout where the glory comes out. I want to be in his presence. I want to wait. I want to wait for power from on high. I don't want to take one step without him. You want empowerment for ministry? There's the answer. If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And drink. Flip over to Revelation. I just want to close with one scripture. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Revelation 22, and the spirit and the bride say, come. And let anyone who hears him say, come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Do you know how important water is? I I read that your body is 60% water. Do you know that you can't go more than three days without water? You can go a long time without food, but you can only go three days without water. Such a picture. He says, I am the fountain, the river of living water. If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And he says, I'll give that water freely. I like the Amplified there. It says, the Holy Spirit and the bride, the church, the true Christians. (laughs) I love that. The true Christians say, come, and let him who is listening say, come, and let everyone who is thirsty, who is painfully conscious of his need. Oh, I wonder if you're painfully conscious of your need this morning, of those things by which the soul is refreshed, supported, and strengthened. See, you think your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, that's what that word soul means. See, women were driven by our emotions. The, the heart, the emotions are deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. We can't trust them. We can't be led by them. We can't. And this says this, the things by which the soul is refreshed. Do you need your emotions refreshed? Do you need it strengthened? Do you need it supported? Then come and drink. And whoever earnestly desires to do it, let him come. Take appropriate. Take appropriate. Oh, Oh, take and appropriate and drink the water of life without cost. You see, take and appropriate. I missed that when I read that earlier. I want you to come and drink and take what I have and appropriate it. Because remember, I said to you, we are called to to, to proclaim his excellencies, to proclaim his power. He says springs of living water will bubble out of you and flow into the lives of other people. That's what it's all about. We're called to appropriate what he's given us. We've we've been drinking, Lord. Now we're going to appropriate it into the lives of other people. It's free. You don't have to work. You don't have to be super spiritual. You don't need to be all that in a bag of potato chips. You don't need to have it all together. You don't need to have a clean, untainted past. I'm telling you, just come and drink. Just drink. Get in his presence. Get under the spout where the glory comes out. And drink. Imbibe. Anybody had days of imbibing instead of it? Besides me, I'm telling you, have you ever imbibed? Your, I want to drink. I want to drink. How much time do we have? What time is it? Kels, can you do, there's power in the name of Jesus. Do you you have it? Can you pull that off? I want you to stand to your feet. If you're thirsty, if you're not thirsty, stay sitting. You can leave the the same if you'd like. I don't don't really care. But, But I'm going to leave with my thirst quenched. 
You see, when you look for something to satisfy you in anything other than Jesus, it might satisfy for a moment, but you're going to be thirsty. You know, when I'm really thirsty, if I drink a Diet Coke, it's only a few seconds later that I'm thirsty again. Only water will satisfy. Only water will quench my thirst. Some of you are looking for a man to quench your thirst. Rock on with your bad self. Good luck with that. How's that working out for you? Some of you are looking for fashion or success or money or even super spirituality, religion. Those people at that feast that day were going through the rituals of religion. And it left them empty. Religion will always leave you empty. I don't care if you've never missed church. I don't care if you're at at prayer time every 5 o'clock every morning. I don't care. My question for you, are you drinking? There's power. There's power in His presence. There's power in his name. The the name, it means his character. Oh, thank you, Lord. Let me tell you this story. I was studying about the word presence. (laughs) Oh, because I just want to be in his presence. Some of you, you know, you're religious. You're going to say, you're always in his presence. He doesn't leave you. He doesn't forsake you. I know that. But there's a difference. There's a difference. That word presence, it means his face. See, some of you, you're going to his presence looking for his hand, what he can do for you, how he can provide for you. But he says, I want you to seek my face, my face. Pastor Dave, my husband's English. (laughs) Brett, yeah, stiff upper lip, Brett. You're going to meet my mother-in-law soon. Stiff upper lip, Brett. Love him. But they're unemotional. They're like this. And I'm, I'm an emotional woman. Anybody emotional besides me? And I got, I got a husband that's like this for a purpose. <laughs> and I travel every weekend. And a few weekends ago, I was home, which is really rare. And it's like this weekend. I get to be home with my family tomorrow. And I'm excited. And, and it's a treat for me. And I was home, and I was just loving every minute of it. I was cooking for them, and I was in the kitchen, and my heart was full because I was able to be home for a change. And I looked at my husband, and he was sitting in in our den, and I could see my den from my kitchen, and he was fumbling with his phone. I said, baby, what are you doing? And he said, I'm looking for a song I want to play for you. I'm thinking, that's my Brit. He's looking for a song. He said, it makes me think about you every time I hear it. And I'm like, who are you, and what did you do with my man? And so I'm like, tell me about it. And he, he fumbles with his phone, and he brings this song over, and he begins to play it, and he takes me in his arms. See, I've been saying, Lord, I need you to flesh that scripture out for me. What does it really mean to be in your presence, to, to seek your face? And he brought that song over, and he put his forehead next to mine, forehead to forehead. And he began to play that song for me. And the, the intimacy, my, my Brit, the intimacy at that moment was unlike anything I'd ever, I, I'm sobbing, snot's rolling. I'm, I am sobbing as he's playing this song. He said, I think about you every time I hear this song, baby. And we're standing in my kitchen and 
his head is on mine, his forehead to forehead. And there was such intimacy and there was such connection. And the Lord spoke into my spirit and he said, that's your scripture, Rhea. Forehead to forehead. Kind of intimacy. You see, some of you are in his presence, but you don't know intimacy. That's the place of power. Place of power. I'm going to have Kelsey play and sing and... I want you to spend this is serious business, guys. I'm telling you. He says, if you're thirsty, come to me. It's a promise. And drink. And rivers of living water, not dry, stagnant water, not contaminated water, living water, will bubble up and bring you life. You see, he died so that you could have life and have it more abundantly. Not just get by. Not live parched and dry and thirsty. He is the thing, the only thing that will satisfy. As Kelsey sings, I want you to get forehead to forehead. Lord, I'm coming because I want your presence. I don't care about your hand. I want your presence because I know that in your presence there is fullness of joy. There is fullness of joy. His name is his character. It's who he is. And when you seek his face, you get everything he is along with it. Father, we're hungry. And we are thirsty. And you have promised that you will pour out your spirit in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. And Lord, we're, try, we're tired of drinking from the same old wells and broken cisterns. And I'm asking you, Father, would you pour out your spirit in this place? Refresh, restore, renew. Saturate hearts, Lord. Let them sense your presence like they never have before. Lord, I'm praying for intimacy. Not religion. Not going through the motions. Not I'm going to pray this sweet little prayer. I'm going to listen to Kelsey sing a pretty song. No, Lord. I'm coming to drink. I'm tired of being empty. I need power so I can proclaim your excellencies. So I can change a world for you. We want to be atmosphere changers, Lord. <laughs>